morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone at home uh, with us today joining us. Friends, um, today we celebrate the fourth Sunday in Easter. It's also known as the Good Shepherd Sunday. Um, and one of the things about a good shepherd is that uh, the sheep follow the shepherd because they recognize his voice, is what we're told uh, in our gospel. Friends, you should know in the time when Jesus of Nazareth walked upon the earth, shepherds taught the sheep to recognize only their voice and to follow them only. They didn't really have sheepdogs and they didn't brand the sheep at all. But they trained the sheep and the sheep learned to recognize only their shepherd's voice. So even if another shepherd were to come, the sheep would not listen to and come to that. As a matter of fact, as we're told, they would run away from that voice. My friends, today in uh, May of 2020, uh, the challenge facing each follower of Jesus today is to listen to the master's voice in the middle of very competing noises, in the middle of competing other uh, sounds. And uh, those voices of others um, are demanding our attention. They want you to assent, I mean to agree to them. And uh, conflicting voices assaulting our senses and uh, sending all kinds of odd messages loudly challenges our beliefs and our values and our loyalties. The question is, what voices are you accustomed to hearing? What voices are you trained yourselves to listen to? Today, one hears sounds of extremism from many sides from all over the world, the sounds of terrorism that tries to justify their atrocities uh, and their violence and the sounds of immorality heard on almost every television series and uh, from some of our government leaders who put forth, my friends, very poisonous, progressive verbiage to you. And sadly, the sounds of scandal that come from places within our own church that we never ex had expected. And the sounds of those who seek to capitalize on the scandals of our sanctuary. These voices are very powerful. One can hear them on the everywhere, on radio, on talk shows, in the lyrics of current songs. One hears them through almost every social media uh, that is known in our time. And my friends of the latest, uh, and I consider now to be one of the most detestable of voices, are those being touted by progressive thinkers in our government uh, with their progressive agendas of late uh, manifesting itself as telling you that they are only putting forth progressive sexual health education of our young children and our teens. I'm speaking about Senate Bill 5395. This is nothing less than another assault on people of faith and people of goodwill. This bill will take away any and all responsibility and decisions on this very sensitive topic of sexual health from parents allowing the state and its leaders to mandate its own doctrine on sexual matters and putting onto your children these very thoughts beginning at kindergarten. I call on all my parishioners, I call on all people of goodwill, all Catholics, to support Referendum 90, which would repeal Senate Bill 5395. Send letters to your congressmen, send letters to your representatives, Sign the referendum. My friends, 
reflecting all week upon the homily I was going to present to you, um, these voices that I speak about are not new. They have been around for a long time. They have been in every time period. Um, and in ours today, of course. However, they are especially loud and pervasive uh, today because uh, they are amplified uh, through all of our latest technology. And they are destructive in small ways, I put forth to you, uh, like gradually corroding fidelity uh, in everything, uh, no commitments to anyone. Uh, and if you're not committed to your marriage, so what? Get out of it. That's what I mean, these small, subtle, corrosive ways. And they also do so in the big ways by challenging the very truth of Jesus Christ and his teachings. But in the middle of all these voices and noises, there's also the voice of the good shepherds speaking to each one of you. Our Lord speaks to us through his word, presented in, in all the temples and uh, meaning uh, all the churches, all the Christian churches. And he speaks uh, through his church. He speaks through the ministers of his church uh, via homilies uh, from the pulpits of all of the Christian churches. The voice calls us to a deeper, more spiritual, productive life. The Lord calls us to live with dignity in the very image of God in which each one of you have been created. The question is not what voices are speaking or whether uh, they should even be there. Rather, what voices are you listening to? What is filling your minds and your hearts? Which voices are really guiding your life. We must see in the events of the most recent past a call to renew our Christian values and lives and to renew our life in the church. Out of the tragic events of scandals within our own church, disunity amongst peoples and nations, pandemics of every sort, can come more than just recriminations and lamentations about it, but instead, Christians are called to make a renewal, a recommitment to him and to his values and to listen to his voice. My friends, the most visible sign is when we live the gospel truly and we take it to every place we visit. All disciples, not just the ministerial priesthood like myself, must do what they can to amplify the voice of the good shepherd for our society to hear. In the middle of all crises we face today, we can, first of all, follow the voices of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, in our life as it comes to us through the teachings of his Gospels and the Church. And finally, we can pray for each other that we will be fortified and grow strong in Christian identity and remain faithful to our Lord in all things, no matter how difficult it may seem. In the middle of so many voices today, we need to do what we can to turn up the volume and amplify the voice of our Good Shepherd. And my friends, I'm telling you, we're working on the volume for our live streaming. We're getting it down. <laughs> it's kind of irony that I'm talking about amplifying the voice and we have challenges with this, but we're going to get this down. My friends, each one of us, our society and our world needs to hear the Master's voice. This is of great importance, for Jesus said, there is no way to God except through him, 
There is no way to heaven except through him. It is only believing in Jesus as the one whom God sent and recognizing his voice and having God's authority given to him, meaning Jesus, that we are saved and gain access to eternal life and can have fullness of life, not only uh, in heaven, but uh, Jesus makes a remarkable statement at the end of this gospel. He says, I came so that you may have life and have it to the full. He was not only talking about eternal life, he was talking about life now. His words apply to our life on earth as much as to our hope of heaven. One can and should reflect on whether or not one has taken advantage of all the earthly joys which God in his goodness made available to us while still walking in this world. In the past, the Christian religion often tended to be identified with restrictions and prohibitions and no, 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 no. I've heard that from people. Oh, the Christian church just says no, 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 no to everything. No, it doesn't. But many were brought up in a theology of detachment from the world and with this present life being viewed as little more than a time of trial. This kind of spirituality discouraged almost all of human joy, which often left to uh, hard-heartedness and half-heartedness about things and lukewarmness. It was as if one was always keeping a look over their shoulder, living in fear and misery. It ought to be possible to enjoy life fully while being devout and religious at the same time. They are possible. We have saints that have proved it. However, to live fully is not the same as to live it up carelessly. <laughs> life is a fragile gift. Every moment thus is unique. In this time, in this pandemic, many people are coming to see this, how fragile and precious life really is. And this focus, this should focus our attention on what we are experiencing now then. But every moment is also fleeting in every time. How quickly life's stream runs down into the sea. This fleetingness gives life its poignancy and makes it all the more precious. For we do not experience this world everlastingly, but really, when we think about it, only briefly, 80, 90 years. The Lord, the Good Shepherd, wants to have life, one that is lived not in fear and with undue anxieties. So let's live whatever present we have now to us, because all of it ultimately is in the hands of God. In the words of the late Bishop Fulton Sheen, he said, life is worth living. He would put forth that mere existence is not enough for anyone. What people are looking for is not only the meaning of life, but also the experience of being alive. Last week, uh, we had a psalm, Psalm 16, and there the psalm, psalmist pleads, show me the path to life. He is not seeking knowledge for itself, but to make life worth living, to give it purpose. In showing us through his life and example, Jesus truly lived a full life, and he wants us to live this life also as God's children and to uh, Jesus opens the way for us now. He opens the way for us to heaven. But for the here and now, Jesus uses a metaphor of a caring shepherd and sheep to indicate how his followers might receive life 
eternal, but also to live it now by hearing his voice, by following his examples, hearing and following and recognizing we are to open our ears in faith, open our hearts in trust, and open our minds to God's love. This way we will have an abundant life. Jesus modeled everything for us, and we too are to be the same for each other as he was for us. Our second reading gave us insight into how we can shepherd uh, others. Patience and suffering return no insult or threat. Doing good and handing ourselves over for the good of others. In these things, our own gates must be wide open also. My friends, everything I talked about is very demanding. And it is. My brothers and sisters, again, I continue to uh, ask you to support us uh, with your financial gifts. Uh, we continue the ministries here in the parish, and most of you have been doing this. Thank you so much. We need that in this time. We also need you to keep us uh, in your prayers at this time. Again, uh, uh, to continue your gifts of financial assistance to us, tithing, and um, you can uh, send it in by mail. You can call the parish. You can use uh, your credit card, go online, use the parish app. We're looking to make it as convenient, as easy, and as safe for you as possible. Amen. Come here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> now, friends, come here. Listen up carefully. Come closer to your TVs and your things. We pray for our governor and for all of our elected officials always, that they will always do the right thing. Uh, they'll do the most prudent thing. Now, my friends, um, our governor has spoken, and he will extend um, the stay home, stay safe. I call it SHSS. Um, he has phases that he's working on, and uh, so we pray for vaccine and for medicine and for the safety of everyone. Uh, in that, he has said that in phase one, which has not really started, uh, that there will be drive-up liturgy uh, with one family, one car. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> we have no idea what that means, but... No, don't be in despair because the Archbishop has a task force. If you didn't know that, he's put a task force together from the beginning. And they are going to be looking at that, and they're going to be deciphering it and understanding it as to the impact on Catholic churches and what that will mean when phase one begins. Of course, we, we want everyone back again, uh, but we want to be careful and prudent about what we're doing. Uh, but the Archbishop and his task force will uh, decipher it and understand it and uh, question you know, what does that mean and how can we apply that to ourselves in the Catholic Church? So I'm hoping maybe by Thursday his task force will have a statement to be made about what phase one would look like with that. But until that time, God loves you and I love you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your lives. Thanks be to God.